Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Richard Petrie. Richard is a founder and a coach of the Architects Marketing Institute, and uh, I've had a lot to do with Richard over the years. Always a fascinating chat. He has a history of professional cricket. He's taken money for throwing and batting a ball and still plays around the world. Well, he will do when they let him out of New Zealand again. Uh, But he's a fantastic mindset coach as well as a marketing coach. Today, we'll pick up a lot of cool tips. Richard, welcome back to Talk Design. Thanks, Adrian. Great to be here. And uh, congratulations on your show. I'm following uh, many of the interviews you do, and uh, they're always entertaining. Never quite go where you think they're going to go, but... It's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. That's right. So that's what's so intriguing about being a guest. (laughs) Yeah, we are... So our subject today is, we don't know, no, (laughs) we did choose a bit of a subject today that uh, I thought would be really fascinating, which is something that Richard calls the LCC, and uh, we'll explain what that is, but it's all, really it's all about um, why people charge for their services and how they charge and when they charge for their services. And so if you're an architect or an interior designer or a design person on here, or even just somebody who's looking at using one of those people, this might give you some insights into why you get a better job depending on how the um, professional sets you up. Mm. And if you're a professional, it might tell you how to get a better client and depending on how you set them up. So I did have a, an interview with a guy a few well, a couple of years ago, and uh, he made this comment to me, which I thought was changed my thinking from that day forward. I said to him, "You must have some great client, uh, some great projects." And uh, he said, "Yeah, I do." But he said, "We're never looking for great projects," and that got me hanging right on the edge of my seat. And it was Jeffrey Dungan from Alabama, and uh, I went, "What?" And he goes. We're looking for great people because with great people come great projects. You're right. And remember that when you're going to be in bed with somebody for 12 to months to two to two and a half years, probably want to be in bed with somebody who's a great person as opposed to someone who's just got a great project who's a pain in the ass. So it's a match made in heaven. So the LCC, Richard, tell me, you know, how did this whole thing come about where, um, in the architectural industry, that um, you started getting your clients to go, let's have our clients pay for the interview, pay for the diagnostic, pay for that first unwrapping of what the project is. Give us some backstory. All right. So the backstory is uh, about eight years ago when I came into um, to work with architects and designers. And the one thing I noticed was that all these architects, when I, when I looked at their sales process, they were doing a lot of work, maybe 10, sometimes 10 to 12 hours worth of work, you know, driving to site visits, meeting with clients, talking about design ideas, 
maybe doing sketches, having second meetings, more ideas, um, schlepping all around town to discuss things uh, in order to win the design contract or win the job to do the design. And that was, it wasn't until they got the design, that's when they started getting paid. So all this work and time leading up to that point was, was free. And maybe for people listening to this, um, you know, you're in that position as well. So I'm, I'm going to talk money today from an architect's point of view, not from a client's point of view. Because mm. So anyway, so I saw this and thought, man, this is crazy. It does remind me of something. Um, I had previously worked in the IT industry selling quite big ticket IT solutions. I didn't know much about IT and I, I didn't really like it either, but anyway, I did. And <laughs> sales I, is sales. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you had to know a little bit about it. But anyway, what well, we had the same situation where to put out a, a proposal for a big government client, to be able to give them a proposal, you had to do, you know, 10 to 20 hours worth of research. You often had to go and interview the staff, find out what the, what the system, how they were working, yep. what they currently had, what they needed, needs, and you know, and you had to do all this work so that you could do a proposal, right? And you might be one of five proposals, and everyone's going in doing ten to twenty hours worth of research to find out so they can do a proposal. And we thought this is crazy. This is just you know, this is ridiculous. And, and then they'd say, "Oh no, you haven't won it." Yeah, well, you would be one of maybe two or three batting to you know to get the to get across the line. Yeah, sometimes five or six, right? And yeah, so right. then you wouldn't win it, and you go, "What a waste of time!" So we thought. So, so collectively, you could have had you know like between five or six contractors, you could have burnt up you know a couple of hundred hours of work. Yep, yep, and and, and actually, the uh, advertising industry is the same. They'll 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 spend yep. up to some of them have told me they spend up to a million dollars pitching. Wow. A million dollars in cost and time pitching to win a big contract. Okay. So yeah. anyway, so this is crazy. And so we were doing something similar, not a million dollars, but we were investing 10 to 20 hours and all that sort of stuff. And so was everyone else. So we, we said, this, this ain't very clever. So we'd go to the, um, to the let's say, the government department uh, and we'd say, listen, the proposal document you're giving us this um, it's it's inadequate for giving a proper proposal, right? Yeah, yeah. Which it was, which is why we had to do. Yeah, you know, it was. They they were. So why don't we instead of doing a proposal based on the information you've given us, why don't we go and do some analysis? We'll go and do a um, functional and require functional. We call it a functional and requirements specification. We'll go and do some research and analysis. We'll put everything that we find out about what you're doing and what you need and all that sort of stuff into a document. And we'll charge you um, $2,000 to do this. You can then take that document, you can give it to us, and then we'll be able to do an accurate proposal for you. Or you can give it to anyone else. Yep, you regardless. Yep. And they're all proposed. They'll all be end up <coughs> proposing and quoting on the same thing, right? At least they, then you yeah. can... Apples for apples. Yeah, you'll be able to compare apples for apples. You'll be able to select the best person. And for two grand, it's a bargain. Yep. And they all said, yes, good idea. So we would go away and we would go and do all the same research we used to do to do a proposal. We'd go and do 10 to 20 hours. Um, we'd charge them whatever. 
And this is this was probably 15 years ago, so it was two grand. So you know, yep. that seemed like a lot of money then, but it doesn't sound like that, much now. Nowadays, it's now the 20 grand, and it's the new uh, two yeah. grand. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, um, but 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 actually, it was a big step because we were doing that for free before. But anyway, we'd go away and do exactly the same research, the same analysis, and we'd even produce the same document. Yeah, it, it was a little bit different, but we changed cover. And instead of saying proposal for, you know, inland revenue or some government department, it would now be functional and requirement specific, you know. Specification uh, for. Specification document for. Yeah, for the right. inland revenue. Yeah. yeah, and that's right. And we'd send, we'd give them an invoice with it at the same time. So we were doing the same work, giving them this document. And we weren't including a price at the bottom because now it was just a, it was a sort of a research exercise. And they, 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 they wanted this this was more preferable to them than getting proposals from people with their inadequate, you know, proposals. I think built by the frustration of them never being able to get apples for apples. It's like, you know, you get somebody to do any job for you and yep. the, the scope creep starts the minute you have two people in the, in the room, you know, like there's another suggestion or what about, did you think of this or did you look at it this way? Yep. And you know, like often we will tender a document or tender documents out and go, no, we know that this will change. However, we need an apples for apples comparison at this point. So stick to the knitting. Yeah. Just stick right. down the line. And that's what they're looking for is surety and that the, the same thing costs the same thing. And then at least they know who they're going to partner with to go forward. Well, that's right. And not only that is most architects, if they this step where they're going to go and do a bit of research to find out you know what they need to do for design they rush that because they're not being paid yes right so you know yeah you do a bit of research um but you kind of do enough you know not being paid for it so how much you know are you going to do it well and, and that, so there's that there's also the fact that if you're going to do 10 to 12 hours worth of pre-design and you never actually ask them for money and all that for the client too, it feels a little uncomfortable, right? They're, 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 most of these people are doctors, lawyers, professional people. Yeah. Um, they charge doctors. Doctors charge for a diagnosis. Every 15 you know, minutes, a lawyer. A lawyer's charge for 15 minutes. minutes or nine no, minutes, yeah. Accountants charge, I think, 15-hour, yep. 15-minute chunks. You know, yeah. every other professional charges for your expertise and bear in mind it's taken you you might be able to give some advice to a client because you look at a site and, and say yep you know you can do this and that, and that but for you to be able to give that advice to that client even though it might be easy for you for you to give that advice to a client quickly is has taken you 20 or 30 years to be able to give that advice now just because you can do it quickly and easily doesn't mean it's not highly valuable to the client. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's not highly, potentially highly profitable to the client. And doesn't mean that they shouldn't pay. And also doesn't mean that they wouldn't be happy to pay. Right. So we bought, I bought this idea of, I'm looking at the architect industry. I'm seeing what I saw in the IT industry uh, and the advertising industry. And we found a way to change it. I wonder if it would work for architects. So I said, that's, you know, let's, 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 we, but what we need to do, we can't just say, Hey, I want to charge you. We need to be able to package this thing up, this pre-designed advice. We have to package it up, give it a name, 
tell a good story about it, justify why we're charging, including because we know that other architects might do some of this stuff and say, I'll do it free. We need a good enough package where people would prefer to pay $2,500 or something like that yep. than get it done free for someone else who would do a, a quick job for it. And it, anyway, so we I put think packages that, all together, <clears throat> and, and cut a long story short, it worked. Um, yeah. I, but, I was going to say, I think one of the things there is, is that um, you take an industry in general where it's never happened. Yes. And it's not the standard, and you innovate and introduce a, something new to it. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of fear held around that. Uh, yes. Whereas if, you know, like as you say, if you're a, a lawyer and you left law school thinking that you were just not going to be bothered charging in, you know, six or nine minute increments or whatever it is, um, <laughs> then you'd be like, you'd be the odd man out. Yeah. You'd be the innovator. You'd be the one that's running the other way with, um, mm. you know. And I think the the thing that gets missed often in the sense of the architectural and design industry, although being brought very heavily to the forefront um, because of COVID, et cetera, um, is the impact that uh, the, the right environment house um, office whatever it is, the impact that design has on it and its functionality yeah. and then on the people that are in it. Yeah. Huge. Um, is huge. 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 Yeah. yeah. And the, the difference between, you know, good good architect and a, and a great architect is huge as well and the difference of what a space is worth. But it all comes back to the design is only as good as the brief. 100%. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. And, and, you know, you can use an analogy that, the you know, let's say we're in a, we're in a, a prison and there's no roof on it, but you've just got a ladder and you put the ladder up, there's four walls mm-hmm. and each wall leads to a different outcome. That's from yeah. personal experience? No, no, but I was visualizing, <laughs> I was visualizing how to explain this. <laughs> so there's kind of parallels, you know, it's all blocked off. So you, if you jump over one wall, you can only go that way. But, you yeah. know, you've got... And so someone climbs up this wall really fast. They get to the top of the ladder and they're about to jump over and get out of this, this concrete prison that they're in. And then they get to the top of the ladder and they look around and go, oh, I've climbed the wrong wall, right? Yeah. There's lions yeah. over there. Yeah, and they might go, or they might go to another one. There's snakes over that wall or there's yeah. whatever. There's spiders over the next one. And then one of the walls was a complete free run. You could just run out to the beach and run off to freedom. Now, Working out which wall to climb on is the most important. It's critical. Yeah. Yes. It's, it, you know, getting the right brief and, and not only getting the right brief, but doing the right diagnosis up front, like a doctor, is kind of important before you're going to do an operation, right? And the design is kind of like once you start doing the design, you're taking them down a path that's, yes, you can change it, but, you know, you don't really want to change it. Um, well, you want to, you want to have, the maximum amount of understanding and information Correct. to to start the journey Correct. because they're going to come on the journey with you. So if you can get all this pre-information so that there's some um, security in the fact that at least yep. we know there's four walls. That's it. And then we can start to work out which of those walls is going to be the better space the one that's most likely to give us the trip to freedom, you know, to where we're trying to get to. 
Um, and yep. remembering that we're going to be always in, in this industry, we've always got the passengers with us. Yep. We've always got them with us, you know, like, we, we, yes, we're going to have to strike the, the, the way, but ultimately they're going to be the ones um, coming along the journey and they're going to be the ones who stay. You're going to come back out of that journey and go and do it again with somebody else. Mm. So, yeah, they're the ones who get the results at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it, it's really, you, you've got a, a responsibility to doing it really well. Correct. And to do it really well, you really need to be paid so that you don't rush it, you don't begrudge it, you don't feel resentful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, by being paid, it is kind of like, um, it's like it gives the client a chance to actually, let's talk about relationships, right? Yeah. So the reason this works so well, and, and even though there'd be some people here thinking, oh, no, no, it wouldn't work for me. And I, I, everyone who thinks that is wrong because every time someone who's been on one of our programs thinks it and tries. <laughs> they never go back. They never go back to doing it for free. Again. No one's ever gone back and gone. That was a terrible idea. Nobody, I'm, yeah, I'm going away from charging a couple of grand to do this. Do- I'm mm-hmm. going back to free. That was a much better. used to be much. <laughs> you ruined my life, Richard. That's <laughs> it. No one never. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you can do this. It doesn't matter who you are. You should be charging for your time and your, and your advice, but think about relationships you know, you're married, I, I, I imagine. Um, <laughs> no, that, I am married. <laughs> that, that, no, but I imagine that the, the relationship was a slow, gradual buildup of commitment between two people, right? It wasn't yep. just, hey, I've met you. I, I, like the, I like the cut of your jib. Would you like to marry me? Yeah. Which is a very fast, you know, that would be a very unromantic Courting yeah, yeah, process, yeah. right? So the point I'm efficient I, I, though. Well, only but only in the first moments because you might get a lot of slaps on the face as well, right? And some people don't mind that. Might but, be a, a horrible journey to learn. That's right, or, or you know, who knows? But mm. it's 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 a series of small escalating steps. You might yeah. try and get a chat, then you get a phone number, then you get a first date, then a second date, yeah. then a third date, and then you become boyfriend girlfriend, then you get engaged. And then, you know, it's a slow escalating process, but the process, and, and you, you described having a client, like getting into bed with the client, right? Yeah. I say <laughs> that to clients. I go, you know, like this, you're going to get into bed with the builder, I say. And right. I go, and you guys are going to have to have some pillow talk. Right. Because if you've got bad pillow talk, when you first get into bed, you don't want to be doing this when you're charging, you know, when you're handing over millions of dollars along the way. That's right. And feeling resentful about going to bed. That's right. And wishing I hadn't gone to bed with this builder. Yeah. Right? It's one so, thing to do it with the design. It's another thing to do well, it with the builder. Same with the designer. A hundred percent. It's a yep. big commitment. And clients don't want to jump straight into bed with a with an architect or a builder. And so by setting up this pre-design research exercise, a little consulting exercise, it's a chance to go on a first date for them, which is what they want. They don't want to commit to you for the next two years or the builder. They do want to get to know them. And this is a chance to do that. And it's a chance for you to go away. It's a chance for them not to also, they by spending a couple of grand, they don't have to commit to the project either. They just have so to find they've out. They've got an out. They don't feel like they're committed beyond no. that. Yeah. 
Whereas if you just turn up with your proposal and say, well, this project's probably going to cost a million dollars and my fee's going to be 80 grand and, 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 and you know, it's like, yes or no. It's like, yeah. well, you know, well, yeah. that's, the that's like getting married on the first date. But if you said, listen, you know, all that's a weave it up in the year. I need to do some research. It'll cost a couple of grand. Um, I'll go and investigate this. I'll work out some options, the best options. I'll, I'll work out which which is the best wall to climb. Yeah. You know, yep. put our ladder on. Yeah. And and we'll see. You know, once we've got that, we'll know, and I'll be able to give you a more accurate idea on price. You'll know me better. I'll know you. Even if you don't want to go with me, you can take this document. You know, you go to another architect. You've got to get. You've got to get a marrying of values um, as well. Like be, beyond the design, um, you've got to get a you know like is, is the is the rub right is it yes does Do I want to hang out with you for the next two years can you imagine having somebody who you end up going this person's a absolute pain in the ass it's kind of like sending your steak back and wondering whether it's been kicked around the kitchen floor yeah if they're not invested in the best outcome for you um then move on move on as quick as possible because it, as I say, it's like, you know, sending your steak back in the restaurant and you don't know what happens to it out in the kitchen before it lands back on your plate. Mm. You know, it's... it's um, well, that, And that's what clients want. They want a chance... They want surety. Can you imagine yeah, they, jumping into spending a million dollars or, you know, whether it's a million or whether it's 100,000 or yep. whether it's 10 million, yep. it will be always... There's a significant amount of money that's changing hands. For them, um, yes. At yep. the end of the game, yeah. And most people, when they're building, stretch yes. themselves to, to a long way. To the limit and maybe a wee bit beyond. That's <laughs> yes. Right. What's whatever random. the number is, yeah. the number is, they're a bit nervous. Yeah, right? oh, yeah exactly. So when you're going to jump that hard and that far, yeah, you want to be certain of the fact that whoever's going to be, um, that is going to catch you at they're the right. other end or is going to, you know, yeah. fly with you on the jump. Um, and so getting the values, the, the values aligned and are we seeing things the same way and um, are there, is there empathy in that process or is there just ego? Which one is there? Is um, You know, like so much and I think in the architectural world and maybe this is in a lot of different things, but in the architectural world, I see, um, I meet lots and lots of architects around the world uh, I see there is the ego-driven right. um, architect right. where as a client, um, you it's like going down to, say, the Mercedes showroom. You, you can right. choose which model you want. Yeah. We can pretty it up as much as this, um, but we won't be adding a BMW badge to it just to be very clear right. because it's a Mercedes. Yeah. And we won't change those lights out to look like an Audi. Let's just be very clear on that. Mm. You don't get that kind of thing. You're buying a product. So there's that kind of, and I'd say that can often be more ego-driven and you buy the best of what they give, but yes. that's what they do. They yeah, stick true. within the lines. And then there's the ones who are um, hugely empathetic and really, um, whilst they're leading me down the path, it's nothing to do with them as in the in the outcome of the whether right. whether somebody recognises it as their work or not has nothing to do with it. What right. what happens is is people just fall in love with the home or the building or the 
um, environment, you know, if it's a landscape architect, whatever it is, people fall in love with that because it's so well thought out and it fits with you as, as the human that's um, created it. So there's mm. that high, high empathy. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely both camps. Yeah, and as a client, I kind of want to get a feel for which which camp you're in, you know? A hundred percent. If I was a client, I'd be going, uh, do you know what? I said this and I thought this sounded a bit dodgy. Mm. Yeah, no, no, that's not my person, mm. you know? So, um, for two and a half grand or something like that, they can get a result and they can they can find out whether we can find out whether we're fit. Yeah. I get some information. Don't have to commit too much. I can, you know, I can and also by doing this, let's say this LCC and you collecting research for me and, and evaluating options and things like that, it's de- it's reducing the risk of client too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. You're doing a proper diagnosis, you're doing a proper evaluation. And that is only going to reduce the risk. And it's going to get, it's going to help me come up with a much clearer brief as well for you. I always look at it and I think there's two parts, major parts to it. One is, is um, we've got the building, whatever the building's going to require. That's, that's one part. But then the greater part of that is the people. So the environment, the regulations, all those things will shape the building and the desire of the client and maybe yourself, definitely yourself as the, as the person who's going to draw it, the desire of how this design will fit with its landscape and how it will look and whether it be lightweight or heavyweight or whatever. But then ultimately you've got the client who's going to end up with that building and does it match them? Does it match their values? Does it take them where they want to go? Does it take them on their journey? Um, and their journey starts with the design, but it ends when they choose to either sell the house or die or whatever the outcome is that they have. So they may live in that house for the next 30 or 40 years, or they might live in it for, you know, might go um, like a legacy home where it gets handed down through a family, um, those kind of things. And, you know, you often see that in farming communities. So then it's a family generational thing as well. So you may, you're setting off on a journey that has could be super long or it could be, you know what, this is going to be a, a flick of our home. You know, we're going to just build something and sell it or we are going to um, live in it ourselves. We can partake in it. And certainly when you're looking through the client base, making decisions on what kind of clients you want to work with is going to be that as well, you know, and, and if it's in a commercial sense, then it's going to have to meet a lot of different people's needs Mm. um, along the way. So getting that part of it is one whole mindset that's Mm. over here. And then there's another part that says, what does the environment, what does the um, fit for purpose, the appropriateness and all these things require so then you've got to marry those two things together. And then and going in an LCC, that's that's A, are you going to be able to do that for these people? Because yes. you could do it for the site easy. Yes. That's not the hard part. The site will be that you can do that. Yeah. So can you do it for these people on that site? Well, you raise another, you raise an interesting point, and that is you may do this LCC and go through it as, as an architect. And then you may come to the realization that 
I don't actually want to work with these clients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, you've got an out too because you can do your research and say, here's what it is, here's the options. You can either... And give them value. Give them value, give them something which is useful, but then you can say, right, you know, I, I don't think I'm the best person for this type of project. Now that we've done this, I don't think I'm the best person. Or... Um, or put some outrageous fee that you know they're less likely yeah. to accept. <laughs> you can put the pain and the ass factor fee into it to build into the fact they're going to be a bit painful. Or you can just say, hey, you know, I'm, um, I won't, you know, I've done this exercise for you. Here's what's required by by the architect. Um, I'm not going to be available for the next six months because I'm booked out. But um, you know, or you can just say to people, you know, like. Um, I don't think that my style of um, how I might operate is going to be suitable for how you operate. So say, for instance, if you're um, if you're fairly like high creative and not you know huge on the detail and stuff and you're sitting in front of people who want everything on a spreadsheet and want a you know, a, a daily meeting or a roundup or something like that. And you go, that doesn't fit with who I am or. It's a bit like McDonald's train you to um, or how to order a burger, fries, and a shake. You know, yep. they, they've trained us how to do that, where to stand, what to do, where to sit, how to answer the right questions, all those things. Mm. Um, if, if you've got somebody that you're working with that is a misaligned set of values, yep. so say, for instance, if you're on the architectural side and you've got this thing where you need to be heard on every detail, and the client's going, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, that, that is a mismatch. Yes, yeah. And, and so, so you, we don't want get, that mismatch. No, that's right. And it gives you a chance to find that out before you get married as well. Because <laughs> both of you are, you know, getting into bed together for, for a long period of time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's that factor. There's that benefit. So there's the benefit of one, you can do proper research, you know, and do a proper job and do a proper diagnosis like a doctor before you prescribe the design two you get paid for it which why should you three it's a chance to find out if you want to work with them and and for them to recommit that they want to work with you they usually will but you know yeah no often you want to know as fast as possible right yes you know and and then the other one is the other benefit is that if there's someone who's not prepared to pay two and a half grand for you to go and do some pre-design research, you know, LCC thing, if they're not prepared to pay money for you to go away and do the job and do it properly, then maybe they're not prepared to pay that much money. You know, maybe they're that type of, I don't want to pay. Are they a match? All I, all I really want is to pick your brains for the next 12 hours over, mm-hmm. over three or four meetings, get your ideas. I don't actually ever want to pay you. I just want to take your ideas. Once you've given them to me, I'll think that I thought of them myself. And then <laughs> I'll, run the off, best ideas. <laughs> I'll run off to a, a drafts person or a builder or someone else and say, here's, here's the ideas I've got or a cheaper yeah. architect. So you protect yourself from that as well because those who don't want to pay and just want to just want to use you will not want to pay for an LCC either. So that's good news too. Because, you know, you can cut them after one hour of that initial discussion as opposed to 10 hours of site yeah. visits. And- yeah, without a doubt. Um, I certainly, you know, can relate like years and years ago when I went, I'm going to charge people for that first meeting. And 
in doing it, I thought that this this will be the end of my business. Um, <laughs> I was I was sure nobody was going to, you know, pay me. And I think I, I first charged somebody um, a couple of hundred dollars, and I was just absolutely floored that um, they were going to pay me a couple of hundred dollars to yeah. come and meet with them. And something that I realized really quickly was it wasn't even so much the amount of money. It was the shift in the relationship right? that I was going to bring them something that they could value. Um, And there was just a shift in that relationship. And, you know, you, you say you never go backwards. I know from, you know, different times when I've gone, Oh, I'll just go and quickly do this for these people and all the rest. And, you know, as, as much as a year ago, I'd have gone every now and then I'll be depending on how the relationship has come about, but it'll be somebody who's recommended from somebody else. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're a past client and all these things. And I've gone, Oh yeah, look, I'll just go and do this for them. And, um, do you know, it never sets the relationship, right? no, it never sets it right. It it um it doesn't get the best for the client, and it certainly doesn't get the best for me. And I'll go, just why did I why did I take that step sideways? Yeah. Instead of just running down the path that works and consistently works for the benefit of myself, but also for the huge benefit for the client. Absolutely. When yeah. you pay, when you pay, you pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When you pay, you pay attention from the client's point of view. And also when you get paid, you're not devaluing yeah. what you're, you know, you, you're not devaluing, you devalue it when you do stuff for free for people. I've had like run marketing courses, uh, obviously, because that's what I do. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I used to run them live and in person um, locally. And I'd get, say, 10 people at a time on a group and we'd go for six months. But, and they would all they'd all be fully committed because they'd pay twelve grand to be on this thing. Yeah, we'd, we'd meet once a month, and they'd turn up. They'd almost always turn up, and they'd have their one on ones with me, and they'd do their work and all that. They're paying twelve grand. A couple of times, I had some friends that I said, "Oh, well, you're you're in business. Um, Jump in here with me. You can come in. You can do the course for free, <laughs> right? Yep. You can do the course for free." Yeah. They turned up half the time. Yeah. Well, they probably. 40% of the time, they'd turn up to the live events. They'd not, they'd not, you know, when you pay, you pay attention. Mm. And, and, and they got way less value, even though it was free, than the people who paid. The people who paid 12 grand were committed and they did everything. They got far more value than, you know, the, the lady I'm thinking of who I let on for free. She got no value out of it because she didn't, she didn't do anything. So She didn't cross the line into oh. being committed and i think oh. that's no that's the same point with um the lcc which um is it lcc stands for low cost commitment no low uh, com- low low commitment concept oh low commitment cost low no no not not low cost it might not be low cost you might the <laughs> most i've ever heard someone charge is about um i think $60,000 for an lcc right right it was a bigger project and all that but yeah um, no, it doesn't have to be low cost. Um, and I say two and a half because it's what most people roughly charge, but some people charge more and some people charge less. Yeah. Now, low, so what's low, it? low commitment. It's a first date. Low commitment. It's a, right. 
first date effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with that, um, as I say, I think the biggest thing that um, I would say from somebody who uses it in my business is, is that it sets us on a professional set standard of where we're headed. And once somebody's already a client, it's easier for them to stay a client. Well, that that's the point. That is the other point is I don't care. You know, I say charge two and a half grand. I don't care if you charge 200. You shouldn't charge 250. You don't need to. But let's say you did. It doesn't yeah. matter. Once, once they're paying you money and you're sending them an invoice, the relationship, as you said, changes. You now become my architect. Yeah. I'm your client. So I now think of you differently. Yeah. We uh, The way we interact is, is slightly different. I think of you as my architect. I tell people he's my architect. Yeah. Um, now, the stats are that someone you've sold something to before, they are 400 to 500% more likely to buy from you again. Yeah, right. right. So if you get whatever dollars you get for your LCC, they're now four to 500% more likely to hire you for the design phase than someone that, yeah. that they've never bought off, right? Yeah. The project, the design phase is yours to lose. I was about to say those exact words, yeah. It's yeah. yours to lose now yeah. once, you've yeah. got that, once you've got that professional relationship established. And it's not hard to get someone into a two and a half grand package because it's it's either that, let's say you're offering that and you're saying, hey, I, I want to de-risk this whole thing. You know, we need more information. We need to know if we can work together. We need to know your best options. We don't know any of that. And I just want to do a two and a half grand exercise where I go and find the stuff out like a doctor doing a diagnosis before we go into surgery. Yep. And let's say someone else is saying, all right, okay, here's my proposal. It'll cost you a million dollars and my fee will be 80000 those are the two options. Yes. Right? Yes. Which one am I going to go for? Am I going to go straight into bed or am I going to go on a first date and de-risk it? Yeah. I'm going to go for this one every single time. I think I think the marketplace does that. That's that's what what happens, you know, like it's um mm. they will look for the, you know, test it. Yes. And uh, it, it's a and, big decision. Well, it should be. It should be a big decision. It's going to affect their life. It's going to Correct. affect their, yeah. and, and it's going to be a significant, even if they've got, you know, like clients with like huge money, you know, like, like big, big money. They, whether they're spending it or not, they, the, the money isn't actually what they're looking for. What they're looking is for the value of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so they need to know that they're comfortable, that they're going to get their value not the not about the dollars. It's about how much value they receive for the money they spend, and, and that's yeah, that's right. And it's also about de-risking it as far the whole thing as well as far as as possible. So often, often when they've got a lot of money, they are so conscious of how their time is spent that de-risking it is the fastest. That you know, doing a, an LCC is the fastest way for them to go, okay, um, this is worth moving forward with. This is yeah. the better way to go here rather than being in the situation where they go, oh, God, we've jumped into this. Now we've got to unwind it. We've got to get out of it. We've got to change this. We've got to fire this person. You know, we've got to do all that. Um, that to them is just a time waste. Mm -hmm. And time's more valuable than anything to them because they've already got money. 
Yeah. So um, the, the time's going to be the thing they're going to protect the most. And so to de-risk their time loss for them is really critical. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. This is, you know, and, and some people might say, oh, okay, I do really big projects and it all comes down to proposals and things like that. The, uh, and, and sometimes you can't do this step because <laughs> let's say you're dealing with a big institution and they say, right, we want proposals, right? And yep. Uh, and you're you're just you know you're following their process. You know, yeah. we're, we're talking the LCC, we're getting them to follow our process. But sometimes institutional government they say, no, here's our process, boom, boom, boom. You either fit into this process or or, or you're not here. Or you're not here. And that's fine. So you you make that choice. But there are sometimes, and and literally, you know, we, when we're doing IT projects, we're dealing with government departments. We'd look at their proposal and you know, we would go to them. There's not enough information in this proposal for us to give you an accurate, you know, can I suggest we unwind this a wee bit, we go back a step, you know, if you want to compare apples with apples, then you need one sort of central document, which has someone who needs to go and do all the analysis in detail thoroughly, and clearly you haven't done it. You'd say it a bit nicer than this, but clearly you <laughs> your proposal. There's holes in this, yeah. We are, we are guessing with this document because you've put it together yourself. But let us go and when, you know, we'll unwind it a bit. We'll go and do a research project. We'll give you a document. And then you'll be able to take that document and, and go then go to proposal or go to tenders. And, and everyone quotes Apple with apples. Now, you can't always get, you can't always do that. But sometimes you can um, because the, the literally the government department or the institution hasn't done the proper research to to allow people to well, go they, they might not know what to research correct this they is don't know, it, they don't know what they don't know that's it they don't know how you're going to approach it from the other thinking so with that there is this um you know the opportunity to uh if you're you know in the design business to create a pre-proposal document that somebody fills out that they go through and then they've got to answer some questions about that long before you ever meet them. You can, oh, yeah. you can flick it off to them. It, it costs them nothing. It's like a project analysis pack or something like that. Right. Now, that's a really good point, right? So you're right. The best thing to do is get in the door before they go to proposals yeah. and offer to do the research for them so that they can go to proposal and do a proper job. So effectively, what you're setting up is a consulting exercise. Relationship. Yeah, you're coming in as a consultant to help them so they can do a really good proposal so they end up getting the best option. So, yeah, so you're not being the architect now. You're, you're almost like you're going to them as the consultant. I will workshop with you and your team to find out what the needs are, what the requirements are, what the current situation is, and I'll be able to... Come back to you with a document. You'll then be able to take that and get proposals from it from me or anyone else. Or, or, 100%. Yeah. And it's a consulting exercise. <laughs> yeah. And if you can get in early to do that. Um, it's more guaranteeing that you'll continue with the job because well, you've got the most the information and the most time with the client and the most uh, got the most understanding. Correct. Um, and you can set a lot of that stuff up for them to do the background work before you actually have to step in and you can say, well, there's all the pieces. Um, these are the hard questions that you've been asked. 
this is where we're going to need to dig in. You can see where they understand and you can see where they don't understand. Right. Right. And then you then your time when you are actually in the hot seat consulting with them, you're using the time in the most valuable pressure points um, mm. rather than trying to unwrap all those pressure points as you're going along, um, you know, along the journey. So getting them to, I suppose, expose their strengths and weaknesses uh, right up front gives them them the opportunity to be aware of where the journey is going to take them and mm. you the opportunity to guide them where they need the, the attention most. It's like going to the doctor and saying, I don't feel well. Yeah. It's like the doctor says, well, uh, what well, is it your head? Don't know. Just don't feel well. Well, is it your toe? I don't know. No, I just don't feel well. And finally, you know, they'll they'll strike something and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really uncomfortable then. But other than, up until then, they just don't feel well. Like, it's, um, I've just got this feeling of dread. You know? <laughs> well, 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 with a doctor, let's say the operation analogy, someone has to do the diagnosis and then someone has to do the operation, right? Somebody does the testing with that diagnosis as well. well that, is that as well, right? <laughs> yeah. so there's, there's two or three phases. There's the diagnosis, <laughs> the testing, and the, and, the, um, and the operation. Now, someone has to do the diagnosis and they have to do it properly. The clients aren't always capable of doing the di- you know, self-diagnosis, Right. And even with a, Google but, self. But, but what a lot of professionals, well, architects anyway, is is they're really only making themselves available for the operation. Mm-hmm. I'll come in and do the design, right? You know, I'll turn up, I'll give you a proposal, which yep. is I'll give you a proposal for the operation. But you need to make yourself available for both because both needs to be done. And the client usually can't do it themselves. And if they've had someone else do it, okay, that's fine. But there's no reason why that someone else couldn't be you because it yes. puts you on the box seat once yeah. again. It's got to be done. The diagnosis has to be done if the job's going to be properly. You can't just dive straight well, in for an operation. Otherwise, it's like going back to the car analogy. Just go and buy that one off the lot. Just go yeah, well, buy the first car you see. Just the first car. It doesn't matter. It's a car. It will take you somewhere. Don't, or... Don't. Or it's like a client going into a surgeon and going, here's what I need. I've done some research. Yeah, 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 yeah. You give me a proposal for doing this operation. How right? much is it going to cost you? How much will it cost me to get this cut out here, this moved yeah. over here, and I've got a leaky piece here, and then I need this bit done here. That's it. And the doctor would say, get out of my office. <laughs> we will need to, we'll need to check that you got that all right. <laughs> the doctor would say either get him out of my office or I need to do a diagnosis first. I, and they go, no, you don't need to. I've done on Google. I've checked it all out. This yeah. is what I want. Submit your proposal. And they would go, well, I'm out. Yeah. I'm you not, know, not going to cross the line with you here. <laughs> prescription without diagnosis is malpractice, right? Yeah. And, and yet architects will, will turn up and, and submit a proposal based on a self-diagnosis by the client. Yes. Right. Or, or even less sometimes. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. And, and we know that often the diagnosis by the client is completely um, inadequate. And, 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 and well, well, look, even just the amount of regulations and rules and um, uh, things that have to be adhered to and the building code and, and the environmental code and everything else, even those to be across them 
is yes. like it's a specialist it's job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a specialist. Like well, it's hard enough for an architect to do it. Who, who, who's it's their day job. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Why are you exp- why are you allowing the client to do the diagnosis? Yeah. It's like no, and you know you have to you have to have your your scripts organized and your way you're going to say it. And you say, listen, you know, um, a doctor wouldn't operate without doing a diagnosis first. I don't do design without doing my diagnosis first. Either uh, way, you're going to do it. Either way, it's going to happen. It's just when. And well, either, either that or you're putting yourself at big risk. That yes. if you just and the client it. and the client at massive risk. That's well, the other thing, you well, know. Yeah, well, you're putting as an architect, but yeah. both of you are at massive risk. I'm thinking the client because you're diving straight into it uh, based on a self-diagnosis. It's like, I only want you to be, my clients to be deliriously happy with the outcome. And for, and for that to happen, I have a process I've developed. And when we do it this way, clients are happy. We get get delirium at the other end. Correct. But when we take shortcuts or we skip steps and we jump straight through to what we think is the solution without doing the the proper research first, um, anything can happen. So I refuse to do it that way because I only want to work on projects where you're going to be perfectly happy, right? A house is only as good as its foundations. This step is the foundations. Great. Cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And so like as a um, advice thing to to people listening, if, um, if they don't have a process for it, Obviously, you know, um, they can invent one. They can take a quick a, a quick trip down, uh, you know, uh, the advantage of following a map um, and, you know, join up, say, with AMI. And um, option, yes. Yeah, that's a, well, it's a good option, like the Architects Marketing Institute, because they'll meet literally, you know, a community of hundreds of people in front or behind them that have done it or are doing it. And... They will they will get the benefit of a larger crowd, I suppose, to understand and also a lot of a knowledge, past knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask a question with that, with in the coaching realm of things, and a segue to it from there with <clears throat> if in, in coaching, so you're not the consultant, you're the coach. So the coach is the person who opens up the, the conversation and opens up the, the, the way forward and tailors that to the individual somewhat, you know, does the diagnostic um, or enlightens them along the way. I know from uh, the different coachings, different coaching stuff I've done over the last 10 years, um, generally there's a buddy group. So there's some sort of like team up kind of group and then there's, um, you know, the, the big massive learnings. And then there's the fine tuning. When I look at the Architects Marketing Institute, I go, okay, so you've got the, um, the six program. And with the six program, that is the, the big learning. That's, the, that's where you unpack so many different items and all the rest and really get the enlightenment as to where it could go and what it can be. And you get to test the steps and you're cuddled and cradled along the way and testing all those steps. And you've got a lot of um, peer advice as well as you've got a lot of uh, advice from the, the coaching 
you know, from yourself as a coach and Eric as a coach. Um, then one of the things that seems to go from there is, is the strength of, say, a buddy group, a, a strength of a, a tight camaraderie that people meet regularly. And it's often something that I think that happens in um, any coaching, whether it be yours or other things, that it can be the strongest link because you make a contact for life even if you stop coaching. You make this really strong link where you really support each other. It's almost like being in the military. You know, you, yep. you're yep. tight and you, you're looking for how you help each other succeed constantly. I think being an architect because it is a wee bit like being i'm not an architect but obviously mm. i speak to them every day but it's it feels like a lot of them feel like they're kind of going to war uh well they're certainly getting beaten up a lot yeah and so having that support community in multiple levels whether it's with a coach or with 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 a group or um, a buddy group from but the buddy group has to have the same mindset as you it's if all you, about values it's like being a firm about being a company it's about being a partnership well, most, most, you know, if you, a normal buddy group, let's say with architects would be with people who, who are scared about quoting fees, um, will give advice away for free, um, will yeah. end up doing out of scope work because the client's stretching the scope and everything, you know, that's a terrible buddy group to be part of because you, you're just going to well, You're all in the same suit. That's the problem. That's, that's your average architect group who are scared of, you know, being yeah. beaten up by clients. So, you know, a lot of it's mindset. A lot of it's about um, understanding the value that an architect brings and realising your own value. And and that that takes a bit of time to be re-ingrained into someone, I think. It takes about two to three months where of being mm-hmm. in a support group in a community where everyone's thinking that way for you to actually go from that humble servant, which is what a lot of architects play the role of the humble servant, you know, um, you know, and they're often pleasers. I mean, architects are great of people. That's why yeah. I love working with them, but yeah. they, they love doing a great job for the client and getting praise, of course, but sometimes they take that too far and they do too much, you know. And, and I think they put their heart and soul into a couple of years journey minimum um, for so many people that they, yeah, they, they are, they, they just want to please because they can see the future, but they can't, it's got to get it there. But they, but they can often lose control with the client and that's mm-hmm. the problem. And so, mm-hmm. so often the stuff that a lot of the stuff I talk about, including the LCC is around client control. You, yeah. you're the big person. You're the one that's done this before. You've done that. You know how it works. And, you know how, you know how, how to bring success in the project and the process. Yeah. So they should be following your process. You shouldn't be following theirs. And so you've got to get a certain amount of client control. And, and that is going to require you to think differently than being the humble servant and the pleaser. You, you're not going to get client control that way. You, you kind of have to be the tough love coach. Yeah. You have to be the tough love coach. You have to be, you have to play a different role and you have to take on a board a different mindset. And when you do that, then you can start charging higher fees. You can start valuing yourself. You can start controlling the client, getting them to follow your process, including things like the LCC and everything changes. You, you get control of your business and the projects and the clients. Um, I always think of it like, like McDonald's. If, if you, you know, I don't know what a Big Mac costs, that costs seven bucks or something. 
Um, but let's just say it's $7. And if you went into McDonald's and you said, I do want the Big Mac, however, I want you to put it together differently. Yes. And they go, what? And you say, well, what I want is I actually want the bun done this way and I want the lettuce done. No, no, you can't put that there. You've got to put it here and I want that piece of cheese here and I want that piece there. And yes, but I do want it to be like that when it comes out in the picture. Well, it's not going to be. I'm sorry. And our process makes the Big Mac in like two minutes. Yeah. But we don't have 20 minutes to do yours. No, and constantly <laughs> ask you if it's right. And <laughs> yes, and exactly. Have a, have, a meeting, have a meeting halfway through to, <laughs> you know, and, and then... And come back into the kitchen and have a look. That's a site meeting. I want to have a bite of it before you bring it out to see if it, you know, it's like... Is it uh, really going to be like the picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, it's not because you've changed it so much. So exactly. client, client control is massive. But client control starts with you getting control of your own head first. And Yeah. And I think the value of that sits in, A, that first, um, like in the six program, that coaching part of that. There's a lot of that. But then the belief of it comes in seeing other people that have done it and do it. Yes. That's where you, you know, where that shifts. And then in a buddy group situation where you, you know, might be um, in the same boat or in the same suit, but you can actually see where you can take that to. Mm. And so you can journey it and you've got the, the tie back in constantly. And then I, the, the, the third sort of value is, is, so you know how it works, it's working, it does all that. How do you fine tune it so that your client gets even a better experience mm. out of it? And that's the mastermind group. Mm. That's where you're around people. It, it's working. It, it, it works. The, the, the systems are all in place and things are happening. How do you really fine tune that so that your client gets the best of the journey, the absolutely amazing journey and the sharing of knowledge in there um, from everybody where it's working is beyond what most people would ever even imagine. Mm. You know, like mm. we, the, the documents that get shared and the, yep. um, on all levels, it's, mm. uh, it's, it's a community that's something really um, special. I, I had somebody who um, was in the six program uh, last year sometime say to me, do you know that mastermind? Do you, do you really think it's worth it? And I go, well, did you get anything out of the six? Yeah, I got something out of the six. What did you get out of the six? Oh, yeah, you got this. Doing this. Yeah, this is working. This, All the things that were working. I go, can you imagine polishing that now? That's just a rough model. Yes. And is it worth it? Uh, it's worth more than the six. But you had to do the six to get to the – you had to do that one to get to the other one. Yeah. Because otherwise you couldn't polish what you had. What you had before wasn't polishable. wasn't even all compiled together. Well, it's it's a bit like, um, is it worth hiring an architect to design my house, or could I just do it myself? <laughs> you know, grab a piece you know, of I, paper and do it yourself. I could do it myself. <laughs> I could, and it would be called a house, but it would be a shambles, and it would probably end up costing me a lot more. I'm not an that, architect. It cost me to do it a lot more than if I'd paid an architect to go and do it properly, and it wouldn't be worth. Half is what, if you yeah. designed it compared to what I designed it, I'd have spent more to build my mess and it wouldn't be worth half as, you know, so. We have a thing where um, with builders where if 
we're approached by a builder, if, have, have we got work for them? The first thing that we look at is we go to their website. So we'll get builders who will ring us and say, we would love to work with you, um, you know, da, 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 da. You know, what projects do you have that maybe we could be interested in all the rest? Well, the first thing we do is we go to their website and we look and see if it says design and build. And we look for everything that talks about right. their design process. Right. And if they're loaded up on the design process, we go, we're not your people. Right. Because that's what we sell or what we do. That's the expertise we bring is design. Mm. Um, you bring the building. So, so, you know, like we're not, we're not aligned right from the start. And then the other one would be with that is, so again, the process, do, how much do they value design? Because I would go to oh, a weekly, I'd go to a house that the builder has designed and not giving a builder, any builders a hard time about it. Most builders are builders and most designers are designers, you know, or architects are architects. Um, and not saying that they can't be both, but there's a whole lot of knowledge that goes into design. And then there's a whole lot of knowledge that goes into building. They're very, very separate. Most builders are doing the yep. best of things they've done previously. Well, they're specialists, aren't they? Yeah. And, and, there was only one Leonardo da Vinci. He seemed to be good at everything. <laughs> he's gone. But, but then he... Oh, yeah. Musk. Yeah. He's, Elon he's, Musk will be designing his own house. Well, you could hire Elon Musk, but you're not, you're not going to hire Leon. He's, he's Leonardo. <laughs> Leonardo's gone. Yeah. The building. Now, speaking of which, this is going to sound funny, but in two minutes' time, I've got a meeting with my architect. <laughs> nice it, sounds, it sounds corny to say that, but she's... <laughs> It's designing true. Mona's designing your house. Yeah. Correct. And she's, she's going to be here in two minutes. So, I'm And if to... you don't go down her process, That's she'll, right. have, she'll have your ass in the sling. Correct. <laughs> yes, Richard, I think there's lots there for people. Really fantastic to have a chat. Um, yep. Thanks, Adrian. Looking forward to catching up again soon. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. And thanks, everybody. And good luck. Uh, my three final parting thoughts, I think, is don't do free work. You know, you, you're too smart and you've it's taken you 30 years to learn what you know. Don't just give it away for free. Um, you know, charge a fee. Um, you'll get valued by the client and and you'll actually value yourself. They'll be a client at that point, not just somebody you've turned up to see. Well, that's right. And the third point, I can't remember what the third point was, but <laughs> I just doubled, doubled down on the first two at least. <laughs> yeah, you'll, get exactly. the, you'll get rid of all the tire kickers. Well, check well. out. Check out what AMI have got as well, because it's um, if you're not in the program, then get in, look at what the program is. And even if you're a, um, a somebody who's looking to hire somebody to do work, check out what AMI's got, because within that group of people that are in there, you'll find people who have been trained well to do their business. And uh, not just great designers, you might find some good designers and some average designers, but you will find people who have done, worked out how business should be operating. And so you're on a more sure path when you're going to spend your millions of dollars on your house or your hundreds of thousands of dollars on your house. These people have been better educated in getting you down that process. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I'll just say uh, archmarketing.org yep. is our website, archmarketing.org. And there's a private Facebook group, and I think it's architect, 
Architect Marketing Institute. Architect Marketing Pretty Institute, sure it private is. Facebook group. If you, we'll post that anyway on the, all the yeah. socials and stuff. We'll post that on the website uh, when we put up this um, this chat. Good. Thanks, Adrian. Thoroughly enjoyed it, boys. And I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in Australia soon. Very soon. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.